Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, here we are with week three on leadership bullshit in a tough economy. That's right. And we've discussed various uh, angles to that. We don't need it right now. We don't need any BS. When you got lots of space and lots of money, you know, talk your little heart out. But right now we need you to show up and um, think this thing through so that we can move forward. So our first topics, we talked about brainless downsizing and then the HR spin to all the bad news. And today we're talking about leaders and the fine art of blaming others. It's amazing to me that when things go wrong, it seems to be everybody below you on the organizational chart. That's right. Statistically, there should be some problem with that, don't you think? That's right. Particularly since those below you probably aren't making the biggest decisions of all. No, no. Not only are we going to have some fun with that, but we need to point out what we believe passionately is that we do not have just a bunch of people in job description and organizational chart. We have an entire working culture. And in that system, in that place with its culture, a lot of it is being set by you, the leaders. There really is no way to blame anyone else, even though many others are involved. You are always a part of the problem that you're dealing with. In the past couple of weeks, we've broken this down as how we kind of are impacted by this as an employee and what our rationale is as leaders for what we do, what we do. So very often as a leader, I think you're, because there are so many things sort of that go by you, there are things that we're just not aware of. We don't have all the information. And so when something goes wrong, when something is not as we smoothly run as we expect it to do, we tend to go into this panic mode and we just tend to pass down blame. That's right. You know, who did this? How did this happen? And there's got to be consequences. For some reason, we've got in our head that to be a leader, that we have to be like a parent and do consequences. So the blaming gets exasperated. But that's really not the way forward at all, especially if your starting point is that I am always a part of the problems I'm trying to deal with. And that's kind of be the frame of reference that we're going to suggest is if you include yourself in the problem always because you are in charge, because you have more power and more options, then the whole way of viewing problems gets transformed because, of course, you're not going to blame yourself. Um, Intuitively, you know it's more complicated than that. So that reduces the temptation to blame others. And that will set everybody free to think through doing it differently so it doesn't happen again in a more healthy way. And as an employee, I think we, we tend to um, sort of guard ourselves as well from being viewed as negatively if we ask too many questions, if we're confused, if some expectations aren't clear. So sometimes a, a job is our fault that it did not get done. Perhaps we had no good communication on the timelines of when to do it. We didn't have the resources we needed. It's unrealistic. Um, the expectations weren't really what we thought they were. There's some miscommunication. But I think we tend to try to protect ourselves from maybe the thousands of other things we have to do and then this other thing that's not getting done because we don't have a good way to ask for help or ask for better information. Oh, exactly. So that's why we're observing. We're just simply observing, isn't it? Interesting that when things go wrong, blame always takes place down the organizational chart, never up the organizational chart. So the people down the organizational chart are always looking over their shoulder as they're trying to make decisions. And even if they make mistakes, you know, it's to avoid being blamed because they know it's going to come down at them. 
So people start not telling the truth and start covering up and all these things going on. And all it is, is this kind of downward flow of blame. And what we're suggesting is, one, you don't need blame at all, but for responsibility, for owning responsibility, uh, we look upward. And always, whoever is higher than the next person on the organizational chart accepts responsibility, embraces, welcomes responsibility for everything that's going on in their control in their section. So as an employee, perhaps you're caught in a situation where some people have been let go. You know, you notice there's work that needs to be done or it's a time frame, but you don't necessarily want to get saddled with the amount of work that needs to be done. Or you feel that um, you're feeling a little bit down about the communication. The right way to look at it is to protect yourself. But how do you, if you're a person with that kind of consciousness, notice something needs to be done, that it's not, before it becomes sort of this emergency, before it becomes Mm, blame, how do you sort of protect yourself in the way that you don't, you don't want to be taken advantage of, but also need, need help? How do you, more clarity, more well, what you're, you're pointing to is if you're lower on the organizational chart, then so we're, and you're experiencing what we're calling the leadership bullshit above you, somebody who's saying, okay, well, there used to be seven of you doing this stuff, and now there's only four of you. Now you need to get it done. And so, of course, it's impossible to get it done, but of course, you don't get to say that uh, you know, that's not going to work. And so it's not going to work, and you're going to be blamed for it. What do you, you know, how do you survive when it's BS going on above you? And it's a great question. And since you can't solve it, you can do certain things. And what we're doing is we're pointing back up the organizational chart. Not blaming, but we're pointing back up. So in issues where um, expectations are unclear, ask questions to get clarity. So don't say you saddled us with this. That's not fair. Probe. Ask questions on what they're looking for and what it should look like and, you know, when they would like it done, and Who's what do priority should be set aside if you're going to shift over to this priority. And subtly, kindly, you're asking them to make the decisions they should be making anyway, so that you don't aren't making priority decisions and then getting blamed. Um, you won't get any credit for what you did get done, but you will get blamed for the things that you set aside in order to do what you were instructed. That's a tough place to be in, so questions of clarity. Almost all bosses would be open to without feeling, you know, counterattacked. If you were in a pattern as a leader where you just, you bark down the food chain, basically. And I think that's how we view leadership. You mm-hmm. know, I think we view the other kind of leadership as pansy-wansy and, you know, just, you know, in denial, techniquing. I don't think mm-hmm. we view it as communicating with your employees or having good expectations as a positive thing in our culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're trying to change. How do you change your mindset to become a person who's not a blamer, a, you know, a, an avoider? A- well, one is if, actually, I would say the directive leaders actually work better in these situations than the collaborative ones, even though I prefer collaborative in the long term myself, because they are making the decisions and they are barking the orders, and all your job is is to carry them out. It's the ones who just kind of say generally, you know, who don't make decisions and don't give orders and just expect it all to get done and aren't communicating and then come back and blame that are in a problem. Again, our you know our main thing with those, and they're probably not listening to the show anyway, one, they, I don't think they would be open to our alternatives at all, because you really have to want everything to work and believe that if everybody's in on the thinking and everyone's in on the conversation and you're forging a way forward together, that it's going to work out better for you. 
You are generally afraid that you're not competent, that you didn't deserve the promotion you got, and you got to prove yourself. And you prove yourself by being strong and by being, you know, not needing to ask questions of the people under you, knowing more than them, all false assumptions. And so you end up isolating yourself. You know, your best bet is to catch yourself in that. Something's not working for you is to say, what I'm doing is not working for me. How to get someone's attention who does not see that and really does think it's everyone else's fault you know, all we can do, what we're doing, is we want to poke fun at it and, and keep putting it out there on the table and keep pointing at it and calling it for what it is so that on behalf of the ones who that message gets through, they, they start looking at themselves. Well, I wonder if I am a part of all the problems I'm trying to deal with. I wonder if I am one of the components. And it's easier to consider being one of the components in the problems that go on than being at fault. Well, and chances are in this sort of climate that somebody who's, you know, maybe a director or something or your boss has gotten saddled with responsibilities or a staff member, staff people that they previously did not have because they cut some other position. They know nothing about what you're doing. They know nothing about your department, but they're now somehow responsible for it. They probably are a little bit resentful that they have this new duty on top of their other duties. How do you approach it as an employee kind of stuck in the middle of someone who doesn't really have any investment in your particular role or job or area, but are stuck with it and you really have no advocate? How do you change that? Well, you're never stuck. That's the first thing. I promise you, you're never stuck. You always have options. What you don't have are traditional options of getting to tell people what to do. But you can give information. You can let someone know that um, something's going on or that if a decision isn't made by a certain day, that because of the schedule of this other department, that means that they won't be able to take it on until the whole following week, which will push it off farther than they intend. So you're actually come across as on their side. I know you wanted that to go out this week, but to put off the decision another day means it won't be able to go out till next week. You're just giving them information and that's helping them. You're becoming an ally with their goal and giving them information that's saying it's not going to be met. So you're not blaming them and saying, that's a dumb decision. You know, if, you know, you're making it hard on me by putting, using all the time that we have the whole week to make your decision and then giving me only a day to do all that's left. Well, and I See think the difference? I, I do. I do think, too, you're right. It's, it really is about information. So if you have a, a situation where your boss has no idea what you do or what your department does, and yet you do not have the power to change that, all you can give them is information, right? Take a little extra time for you to say, this is what we do. These are our priorities. This is how I'm going to update you. And it doesn't really need to take any time at all. You just do it in the course of something ordinary going on. So you don't take on the role of training this person, which might feel overwhelming and inappropriate, but as in doing something that you're doing, you give them a little information. And you don't have to come across as insulting that they don't know what's going on. You just come across as talking about what you're doing. Well, next week so. we'll be talking about panic and fear on Main Street, which is exactly how a lot of us feel. <gasps> Deep breath in like That's no right. air is possible. <laughs> From top to bottom, I just think we feel like there's no other choice. We have to stay in, in situations that are fraying our nerves. And so any questions or comments you have about our podcast, go ahead and post them online at boldenterprises.com. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production. 